everybody. I'm Lacey. I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Was a good one again. Well, it's good work. Yeah. She, uh, for the record, Lacey said again because this is our second go at this episode. Um, in the middle of our first try, Lacey's internet cut out. And super unprofessional. Yeah. And for the record, she was also twenty minutes late. So. Yeah. I'm not at the top of my game today. If you are a potential employer of Lacey's and you're listening to this, just know, um, just superb, perb, superbly, maybe, maybe don't try words that you can't. Yeah, there you go. I got there. <laughs> okay. You skipped the word altogether. <laughs> I said superbly. I got there. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't very many bullet points in before, so very many. We're not like redoing a whole thing, so it won't be super boring for you guys. Good, because I'm about what to we... check completely out. <laughs> should we should we go over what the What are we learning about today? Boy in the box thing again or there's a boy in the box no. and then there was another boy in a box. And... Which feels dumb. That's it's like it's so if sorry, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here because I no. was thinking about it, stewing about it actually. But like, it's it's not like how every state can have their their the same city name. There's only one Black Dahlia. There's only supposed to be one boy in a box. I just don't know if that reached the level of infamy that let it have its own name. It's. There's like a list online of the most infamous unsolved cases for each state, and Boy in the Box was the one for Pennsylvania. Uh, well, Florida's um, not very. Oh, I was gonna say Florida's not very original, but they're actually like very unique in their own way. So, I don't know. Florida I has like, the Casey I mean, Anthony trial. Um, I because so the Boy in the Box to me is the one from Philly, like that one, yeah. the one that's on trial now. It's just not diminishing anything that that kid went through, but like it's just it's more it's not a boy, it's a teenager who was and he's alive abused and put in a box as punishment, was like found the, in a box. Not not body. and it wasn't he wasn't there like permanently. Yeah, so I don't know why they label. I don't know who labeled it that way, but that's I wouldn't have. It labeled feels it that like way. whoever named like Harris, Kentucky, was like, "We'll be a boy in the box too." Our sympathies to the boy in the box. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. well, all sarcasm. It- I'm gonna take it. It matter now because that Florida man is now going to prison for life. So yeah, yeah. So Florida even man though fall. the DA, his defense attorney, probably no, could have. What? Tell us what he did so the people listening for the first time. Well, Bailey started talking. And I got confused. 
Because you said um, DA, and that's district attorney. I know, but it could also be defense attorney. Okay. Both are DA. <laughs> <laughs> the defense, when submitting the evidence to be reviewed by the jury during deliberations, he included, I guess it was on a flash drive, and he included a file that was deemed not supposed to go to, like, it was not acceptable. That's crazy to me. It was not admitted into evidence. The jury was never supposed to see it. But it was put on the flash drive, so the jury did see it during deliberations, and the judge was pissed. And the defense, his excuse was that when they were putting the evidence together, they were just very busy that day. So it was the first day that they were doing that, and it was just like it was a very hectic day, you know. I feel like he should be able to get in some serious trouble for that. Like there should be repercussions. Yeah, they should like report him to like the state the bar or something. This was mm-hmm. the defense or the mm-hmm. district attorney. Defense. I- district attorney has nothing to do with this. Yeah. You got hung well, up on no, the fact the, that I called the, him a no, DA. No, the uh, district attorney is the one that's like submitting evidence that gets reviewed by the jury. Well, the defense the defense can also provide evidence. Well, was Apparently, it wasn't it wasn't great. It evidence. was like the what the what they weren't supposed to see was like body cam footage of the victim being ar- arrested, but he wasn't arrested. He was just being like he had run away, and the police found him and were just like taking him home. But it was like body cam footage of him being put in the back of a police car. To make him look like a bad kid. Yeah. No. Sure. Alright. And the judge was like, that's not supposed to, that has nothing to do with the case, so it's not going to be part of evidence. But it was put on a flash drive and given to the jury. Anyway. That's a no-no. And apparently it wasn't very helpful because you said that they found him guilty anyway, right? So, yeah, I think he's got his years. license for something that didn't work out. Anyway, well, I'm going to tell you guys about a boy who was not in a box, but he was found somewhere. Ooh, yes, that could be <laughs> so many things. It could be any boy. I don't think I could be more it's specific not- than that without like. He's not in a box. Oh, He's in Was he found cylinder. in a state? Yes. Okay. Was it an United State? Yes. Okay. Was he taking up space? Yes. Was he made of matter? This could go on for so long. Yes. We're well, actually I'm running out of stuff, vague stuff to ask. Yeah. Um, so before I start telling you guys, alive? this case was in twenty fourteen. Um and I have seen TikToks about it recently. I don't know. I actually saw a TikTok, which was what made me want to learn about it. So I don't know if there's like a resurgence a re- yeah, of interest in it or what. Um, at the end, I'm going to talk about some of the TikTok stuff. But I have not decided who I believe and how I feel about this case. Um, I've gone back and forth while I was researching and typing it up. And I haven't really, I don't feel very satisfied with it, basically. So I'm curious. Is someone in jail? I don't want to tell you the end. Tell, do, pull a, pull a Bailey. Tell us the end and then start from the beginning. No, I haven't. 
I have a plan. I'll start at the beginning right now and I'll get you to the end. Alright. There's a, there's a reason it's called pulling a Bailey because when Drew tried it, it didn't work well. <laughs> that's true. What do you mean that's true? What are you talking about? I don't remember. It, it's not like I'm not trying to trick you. You just start with the, the end and then you go back to the beginning. Bailey said my hair oh. looked nice earlier so I'm supporting her. Yeah, now her pleasantryness <laughs> has dwindled, and now she's being mean again. I told you, I told you I'm going to get cranky. I know, now she's being mean again. Way to go, Lacey. You woke me up for my nap, Ready? and then you made me wait 40 minutes before we could even start this stupid thing. Sorry. Here we go. You it's were late, too. Wait <laughs> a minute! <laughs> you, you... First of all, we said nine o'clock. I was on it. I was ready to go at nine. I sent the link so that we could start recording. <laughs> this is so great. At nine oh seven, I sent the link, mm. and you didn't come on until nine twelve. I had to mentally prepare, and I would like to say I sent it at nine oh seven because Lacey said she was going to be ten minutes late. I did say you that. You needed five minutes. Extra? What, what do you mean mentally prepared? It's hard anyway, in your face. I, thought, I, I was three minutes early, if anything. Oh my god. Do you want to You start the group. Let me tell you and about Lacey, Carly. Lacey was seven minutes late. So. And then her internet went down. Yeah, now that 15 minutes. Down. That was not my fault. That was my brother's fault. 100% because he didn't think to check if anybody else in the house needed the internet when he restarted it. Which I just think is insane because like who's not on the internet right now? <laughs> I feel like he probably thought I had gone to bed and didn't think to check. I am an old lady on the inside and it's not super unreasonable that I might have started to head downstairs at 9 o'clock. So... Anyway, you were saying something about somebody named Charlie? Yes, I'd like to tell you about Charlie. Okay. Let us know when we can, like, um, oh, now she's yeah. look at pictures. I'm, I'm muted so that I could clear my... Yeah. You don't have um, to let say me why you muted. Everyone knows why you muted. You guys can... The whole, the whole reason behind you muting gets defeated <laughs> when you say, I muted because... <laughs> You don't have to listen to it, but I want them to know I didn't disappear because I'm rude. I'm saving yeah, them. I, no, nobody, would have, nobody would have known that you disappeared because Bailey and I covered you. Like, we covered it. It wasn't just dead silence. Next time I won't tell anybody. Unprofessional. Unbelievable. Um, You guys Is this can... Huh? No, do you remember the intro we did 11 minutes ago? It was so good. <laughs> You guys can look at the pictures if you want to. Um, I don't think there's anything in there that gives anything away. Okay. okay. I feel like I see a mugshot. Okay. You don't know who that is. Good it's luck step guessing. Father. Is it hmm. stepmom? In 2014, Charlie Bothell V was a 12-year-old boy living in the Lafayette Park neighborhood in Detroit, Michigan. With his mom... No... With his dad, stepmom, <laughs> and two younger half siblings. Lafayette Park is a pretty sought after area in Detroit. It's a nice section of Detroit. 
okay? His mom only lived about two miles away, and while he was full-time living with dad, he would stay with mom sometimes for the weekend and sometimes for a couple weeks at a time. His dad described him as intelligent, a good singer, a sports lover who dreamed of one day playing professional baseball. Now, he had actually been living with his mom until 2011. However, he had been getting into some trouble, um, getting in fights, getting bad grades, acting out. So mom and dad decided that he would go live with dad for a while to straighten up. On June 14th, 2014, 12-year-old Charlie is working out at home. He stops to go to the bathroom and disappears. His father and stepmother, Monique Dillard Bothell, report him missing. Now, Charlie had run away from home once before in 2011, and it only took the police a couple hours to find him at that point and bring him home. So we can assume, because it takes three days for the police to ask the public for help, that they may not have immediately thought that Charlie was in any danger. They might have thought he had run away again. But on June 17th, three days later, they asked the public for help locating Charlie. They sent out a description of him, five feet, four inches tall, um, 120 pounds, 12-year-old, brown hair, brown eyes, last seen wearing a red t-shirt, black and gray pajama bottoms, and a black and gray jacket. The state police and the Wayne County Sheriff's Office assisted the Detroit police in their search, and before long, the FBI is brought in as well. The FBI's Southeast Michigan Crimes Against Children Task Force headed the search, and they were using canines to look for Charlie. Family and community members also helped in the search. So a lot of people involved. His father in particular, Charlie Bothell IV, was very active in the search. Now, I'm going to call 12-year-old Charlie, Charlie. I'm going to call his dad, Charlie IV. Because Why don't you that's call him because I think they were straight up Charlie. I don't think they're Charles. Mm. Um, and um, he became Charlie Four in my head while I was typing. And he's now Charlie Four in my notes. So he will be Charlie Four. Where did you see the pictures? I emailed I you guys. Yeah, I got them emailed. Um, you remember the Oklahoma Girl Scout Chuck. camp yes. murders? Well, like, they were, like, in the news, they told people, like, the dog name, like, the name of the dogs that were, like, searching for them or evidence. How come they don't, do they tell, like, do they disclose that information anymore? I don't remember ever hearing that before. Um, I don't think I've I've only ever heard one case where they, like, tell you the dog's names. And it was that one. That's interesting. Did you not know that, Lacey? No. I forget their names, but I remember I liked them. Yeah. Um, So Charlie's dad, Charlie Four, was very active in the search for his son. He was out searching. Um, He was, I put this in there, he was 45 years old at the time. He was a registered nurse who also ran a personal injury claims case management business. So busy guy. He was outside helping look for Charlie. He was going door to door in the neighborhood, asking for help, asking if people had seen anything. Um, aside from physically looking for his son, he was also doing a lot of interviews, a lot of TV interviews. He was on the news a lot, just asking if anybody knew anything to come forward. If people had his son, please bring him back. That kind of stuff. Now, Charlie the Fourth had a little bit of a falling out with the police in the days following Charlie's disappearance. So Charlie disappeared on the 14th of June. 
His dad said that on June 20th, he and his wife, Monique, were asked to come to headquarters for some questioning, and it would take them about an hour. They agreed. They headed over, and they ended up being questioned from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And before they left that morning, they were asked to return at 11 for further questioning and to take um, polygraphs. And they refused. They said they were so angry about the way that they had been treated. They didn't want to cooperate anymore. Now, Charlie Four actually relented and later that day did go back and he took a polygraph, which came back inconclusive. Uh, Monique did not. Later, Charlie would say that the police never actually asked Monique to take a polygraph. They say that they did. So, you know, she didn't take one. Charlie said that this incident kind of destroyed the trust between his family and the police who were looking for his son. The police did search his townhouse a few times, even with the canines. Did not find Charlie or Charlie's body. On June 25th, 11 days after Charlie went missing, Detroit Police Chief James Craig holds a news conference where he says things are looking pretty grim. He said evidence suggests, quote, this is beyond or could be beyond that of a serious missing case. He would not discuss the nature of the evidence, although there were already rumors that they had found bloody clothing and a piece of bloody PVC pipe. And he said that while they couldn't definitively say there was a homicide here, they were not ruling it out. A couple hours later, Charlie appeared on the Nancy Grace show. Remember Charlie the Fourth? Yes, Charlie Dad Charlie. Not missing Charlie didn't show up on Nancy Grace. I was going to say, that'd be... (laughs) Now, I'm going to share my screen because I want to show you guys a clip. And I don't know how else to do it. You could just reenact it. No. Mm. Uh, it's this screen that I want to show you. Can you see my screen? Yes. It's loading. Nice. Oh, no. Oh, that's okay. Nancy Grace. Oh, no. Can you hear it? There it is. Daddy walking door to door. The father of the missing 12-year-old boy, Charlie. Uh, with me is his father, Charlie Bothell. Charlie, we're getting reports that your son has been found in your basement. Sir? Mr. Bothell, are you... Are what? You... Yeah, we are getting reports that your son has been found alive in your basement. What? Yes, that's what... If you could hand me that wire very quickly. Yeah, we're getting that right now from, from, yeah. How, how could your son be alive in your basement? Uh, I, I have, I have no idea. I have some comments. Can we pause this? Now, this is just no. a report that we I just want to play it here. It's just a couple minutes. Detroit that we're trying to confirm. Uh, okay, everybody please. in New York, please get on it. Uh, let me know when we get Charlie Langton from WWJ. Uh, sir, did you <laughs> check your basement? My no. I checked my basement. The FBI checked my basement. The Detroit police checked my basement. My wife checked my basement. Um... I've been down there several times. We've all been checking. How? Okay, uh, this, my... this is what we, what we are hearing. 
that uh, the missing 12-year-old boy has been found alive and well in his father's basement. Now, this is what I, I don't understand why you guys would have reported he's missing. And all our viewers he's have been, been on the lookout for him. We've been we've been on the lookout for him. We searched that entire house repeatedly. The How FBI big is the search, house? Detroit police search. Townhouse. It's, it's nice, but it's not like. Oh, God, they brought dogs. Everything. Everybody is searched. What? Oh God, my son. Have you checked your cell phone? Um, my cell phone is dead. Um, I, I'm, and I actually get. They have here. one photo of him. It <laughs> yeah, it was hard for me to find any others. Had died on me. Okay. Maybe because he's so young, they didn't really. You searched your basement, and your wife searched your basement. I searched my basement. My wife searched my basement. The FBI searched my basement. The Detroit police. I just feel like they don't need a slideshow of one photo. Multiple times. This bit. Yes. They had the dog search. We we've all searched the basement. She's also the asking the same the question like multiple times. Yeah. Okay. What well, you know? What I'm going to give you. Okay. A that's. I think that's to... good. There's like a minute left, but so my uh, I, only regret is I, I couldn't a... watch your faces while I showed you that. Yes. What you got? So two things. Now I remember this case. <laughs> I had a feeling when I saw the pictures of the stepmom because she looked really familiar. Mm -hmm. But seeing that clip, I remember. Um. If he was innocent, not saying that he's not, because I don't know yet, but um, if, if I was the parent who genuinely didn't know where my kid was for 11 days and somebody on the news just told me that they found my kid, I wouldn't be like having a panic attack in the chair. I'd get up and be like, hold on a second. Let me go confirm this because, you know, I haven't no. seen my kid in 11 days. That was a criticism that people had. Also, did you guys notice what question he didn't ask when he she said your kid was he found alive? Yes, he didn't say is he he's been missing for eleven days. Is he okay? Yeah, and later he says also, he, thought he saw his son was dead. So she's like, oh, we found your son, and he does not at any point say is he okay? Is he alive? Yeah, and the she other said thing he was is, alive. Um, but she does, no, but not immediately. Hurt. Yeah. After his initial panic attack, she was like, he's been found alive and well in your basement, which seems like a stretch, but, um, the well part, um, Devil's I wouldn't advocate. be asking her. No, I'd be, I also think it's weird, not like out of the realm of possibility, but I think it's a little weird to let your phone battery die when your kid is missing. Well, I mean, maybe he's been on his phone all day looking for his yeah. kid. And also, but, um, devil's advocate, maybe he didn't think to ask that immediately because he's in, like, that's shock. clearly the first yeah. he's hearing that they found yeah, but his you, son. But you yeah. can't, you can't, how, how do you explain him not, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know. I there were people I who said watching that he's just in shock and he's just... Yeah. People react different ways. I, I wouldn't have sat still. I would have been like, okay, I'm done. I wouldn't. But have... You're not in that situation, though. So I'm just playing devil's advocate. Like, Something some people, like, there's, there's <laughs> fight, the there's flight, but there's also freezing that happens. Mm -hmm. And you can I freeze. think that 
the reason he stayed on there is because he knew how his son was and where his son was and wasn't Okay. There's another minute of it, um, but it's pretty much the same. I don't want to look. Saying, how could you not know he was in the basement? And him going, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't want to watch him panic anymore because no. I, th- I think the panic was like, shit, they found him. Now what am I gonna do? Rather than, oh, they found my son. Also, I like the way she was like, they found your bait, your bait, your. Hold on, they found your son. In the basement. Yeah. Like, she looked up at him. How could he be in your basement? No, in yeah, the very like beginning that. when she read it, she's like, I'm getting reports that they found your son? <laughs> like, she looked up at him yeah. from down here. A very accusatory. Yeah. Like, so damn, Nancy. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, while Charlie was getting ready to appear on Nancy Grace. I just whacked the shit out of my mic. <laughs> oh. The police were, once more, searching his townhouse. They found Charlie, young Charlie, alive and seemingly well behind a barricade in a storage area in the basement. Not in a box, but in the basement. So both start with B. Yeah, uh, A basement. Um, it can be said that a basement is a large box. You could say that about a fucking anything. Exactly. Aren't we all just trying to fit in boxes? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, there was cereal. Your body is a box for your organs. <laughs> You're right. Oh, our head god. is a box for our brain. There was cereal. I mean, do you want to get specific? What? Ooh, 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 hold on. No, the body is a box oh. for your soul. Well, oh, my soul wants to be unboxed and free. Well, unbox me. Ew. First of all, Ew. <laughs> I Brandon. want you to sit next time you're with Brandon. <laughs> See what he says. Unbox me. Um, so um, when we found Charlie. He was awake. He was talking. There was cereal and soda nearby. There was a bathroom that he had access to. He smiled at the police when they found him. Um, and although they said it didn't appear that he was being held captive, Chief Craig said he did not believe Charlie could have built the barricade on his own. He was behind Charlie a the fire. Fourth? Charlie the fifth. Young Charlie who was missing. See how it's goofy? Um, he was behind a pile of boxes and a 50-gallon barrel, among other things. So the units in this community, in these townhomes, have basement access to a um, communal hallway that leads outside. So the one picture, I feel like these pictures are kind of goofy, but on slide, on the very last slide, that door, the stairs, is a way to get to the basement from the outside. And that door was apparently unlocked the whole time that he was missing. Um, and then that other picture on that slide that is a dimly lit hallway, that door there is actually the door into their townhouse. So you would come out of that door, go down the hallway a little bit, and enter your assigned storage area. On that fourth slide, there's a picture of the bathroom that he would have had access to. And then a picture of the storage area he was hidden. But by the time they took this picture, the like barricade was pretty much all knocked down. So it doesn't really show what he was hiding behind. But he was in this yeah, little kind of... Well, where where was the barricade? On the inside of the door or on the outside? In- inside the door. How how could how could anyone other than him have done that? Well, I think it was like he's back in like the corner. So you could like open the door, go in, and then like 
part of it was barricaded off. Oh, okay. So it wasn't he he didn't he wasn't like barricaded in this little closet. He was barricaded within the closet. Yes. He built like a fake wall kind of thing. Yes. But he was to he, hide behind some trash. He was able to get like around the barricade. He wasn't like at their whim back there, I guess you could say. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Um so the police took Charlie V to McDonald's and then they took him to the hospital for precautionary reasons where he was kept overnight. Chief Craig said that he underwent what they call a kids talk at the hospital, which is an interview with a psychologist and an APA. The next morning, he was released to his mother's custody. Police did not immediately share the information that they had gotten from Charlie. They I feel like they did things a little backwards. McDonald's Thank first? you. And then the hospital. Yes, which seems like, to me even... to say that maybe he wasn't in such dire straits that he needed to be rushed right to the hospital. But if any, but if like... no one has seen him for eleven days, they 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 don't know. Yeah, he could be dehydrated. He could be malnourished. <laughs> you can't tell. You got to take him to the hospital. Get fluids. They went to McDonald's. Yeah, sugar <laughs> fluids. Bring okay. him McDonald's there. Make sure he's medically cleared. He said he was very happy to be taken to McDonald's. I don't care. That's not no. <laughs> the two the two medical people in on this show are very disturbed by that notion. I, like, I, thought, oh. I thought you would find that interesting. <laughs> I didn't find it interesting. I found it infuriating. I was about to say what year was this? Was it the seventies? But no, it's twenty fourteen. Unbelievable. So Charlie the Fourth had finally rushed home from his Nancy Grace interview once he got over his heavy breathing. Um, and he was seen <laughs> hugging a reporter and a detective, but did not have like any interaction with Charlie. I don't know if they had already left with Charlie by the time he got there or what, but he didn't get to like see his son or anything at the house that day. Immediately too busy at McDonald's. Immediately after Charlie the Fifth being found, his father stops talking to the media. Um, and I well, put why right, would he need to after that? Yeah, I put. Well, they wanted interviews. They wanted to talk to him. And no, but why he, would he you... his son? Yeah, yeah. And people were like, "Hey, why was your son in your basement?" And he was like, "I don't have to talk to you about that." Devil's um, advocate. Yeah. The if if I was missing a kid, I would talk to the media in hopes of finding my kid. But once I found them, I'd be like, well, Fuck I off. have no use for you anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I and also, could... you know, if I genuinely didn't know why they were found in my basement, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'll go find out. Maybe I'll get back let, to you. Let me get back to you. I put yeah. here in my notes, what did you notice him not asking in that interview? Because I guess I didn't think we were going to talk about it immediately after watching it. Yeah, I wanted mm. to talk about it in, like, yeah. in the middle of it. So a lawyer named Mark Magidson, Magidson sounds better than that. Magidson sounded gross. I'm going to say Magidson is hired to represent both Charlie and Monique. <clears throat> and these are both quotes from him. So the first quote is the police and the FBI have been through that house probably about six times since the beginning. So we know at various points he wasn't there. They brought dogs in there and they brought bloodhound dogs in there and they couldn't find him, but they found him today. Second quote we believe that he was in the neighborhood all along and he returned today and police apparently got wind of that. If he had been there, he couldn't have hidden that well. And then Charlie the Fourth said he had been afraid that his son was dead and it was wrong of anybody to imply 
that there is anything else going on. So what's your, like, immediate reaction? Like, what do you, do you think they were holding him down there? They didn't know he was down there? Devil's Advocate? Mm-hmm. First of all, that interview was suspicious as hell. I agree. But you could argue that if he has a history of running away, maybe he ran away and then he just came home. But didn't want to, like... Get in trouble or something? Or, like, wasn't ready. Maybe he was just, like, he wanted to come home for food, shelter, and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. and But didn't want to see his parents. So he just made himself a little home. camp yeah. in the basement. It seems weird that they would risk moving him. I think that as well. And the police genuinely did search through his townhome several times. Lori didn't make I that mean, up. And they were in there with dogs. I was going to say, even dogs alone would have been... Like, I don't care if people can miss things. JonBenet Ramsey was in her basement and people missed her during the first sweep. Mm-hmm. But, like, you br- bring a dog in, they'll find yeah. everything. And then I read something, somebody commented and they were like, maybe it was because... Maybe it was cadaver dog, so they were looking for a dead body, not him. I'm like, I don't know. I think a dog would have found him. I think a dog would have found a bo- like a person. Yeah. Cadaver dogs, they still go by scent. They would pick yeah. up his scent. If they're giving his like scent. They're not like, oh, I smell him, but he's alive, so I'm not going to tell anybody yeah, about it. So mm. it's not how it anyway, works. Like I know that they like the dogs specialize in stuff, but like. They wouldn't human bring in like a drug sniffing scent. dog. No. Yeah. Right. They they brought in a dog specifically to find Charlie the Five. Charlie V. Charlie the Five. Um so June twenty so he's found on the twenty fifth. June twenty seventh. I would like to say super glad that he's alive. Yeah, I was hoping to mislead you guys in the beginning because I wasn't sure if you would recognize this case or not. Well, I was kind of thrown off by the whole boy in the box discussion we had in the beginning. Yeah. I was I was thinking we were going to head I was I thought it was going to be something similar. To be fair, she didn't mention the boy in the box. You I brought did. it up. Yeah. yeah. So Well, you I kind I of remembered us that way anyway. What I remembered from this case going into it was that dad was super suspicious and they found him in the basement. That was all. Like, I didn't. Re- I didn't know if he was alive or oh, good. So, so that's a happy part of the story. Um, on June twenty seventh, so two days after Charlie was found, Monique, his stepmother, was arrested on a parole violation. She looks and super cute in her mugshot. Doesn't she look like? Ooh, let me see. Like you kind of want to. I don't like her face. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> And I feel, like, a little bad about that. And I don't know why I feel bad about that. She doesn't seem well, to be, like, an awesome person. I feel like and also just... lighting in the... Yes, it was not a... It's not a flattering situation for her. But it... I feel like if you look in her eyes, it looks like she's given up. Yeah. So, June 27th, she's arrested on a parole violation. Now, back in 2013, she had been charged with illegally carrying a concealed firearm and purchasing a pistol without a permit, which is why she was on parole. The violation was that she had an unregistered gun in the house, or they had an unregistered gun in the house. She wasn't allowed to have any guns as part of her parole, let alone an unregistered one. So that's interesting. Uh, She was released on bond the next day. 
Same day, the other two kids in the house, his half-siblings, who were two years old and ten months old, were removed from the house by CPS. So things seem to start kind of moving very slowly once Charlie is found, which is seems a little crazy because the whole situation is just so insane that he was missing for 11 days and shows up in the basement. But on July 11th, CPS files a petition to terminate Charlie the Fourth's parental rights. So we finally learn a little bit about what Charlie had been telling CPS and the police. According to Charlie, he had been beaten routinely throughout the two years he had lived with his father, usually with that bloody PVC pipe I mentioned before that they found in the house. He had scarring on his chest and buttocks that confirmed this. And he said that sometimes after a beating, he was too sore to sit or walk. His stepmother would punch him, choke him, and threaten to make him disappear. He was woken up at 5 a.m. every morning to do the following workout routine. 100 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, 100 jumping jacks, 25 curls, like bicep curls for each arm, 5,000 revolutions on an elliptical. He did that at 5 a.m. every morning. And then every evening, although, hold on, Sebastian's fucking with my microphone. Every evening, Sebastian. he did four... Fuck you, guy. Hold on. You're the whole bunch of my freaking thing. You're interrupting a serious part. Um, so in the evening, <laughs> when he had to repeat this workout routine, it was 4,000 revolutions instead of five on the elliptical. He was given an hour to do the workout. If he didn't finish it in an hour, his father would beat him, and then he had to start over. Bailey. Um... Okay, that kind of makes a little sense. Because in the beginning, when you said that he went to the garage to work out or something, I th mm. couldn't help but think, why is a 12-year-old working out? Yeah. I thought that too. Like, that's kind mm. of, like, I get, like, maybe you, like, they play you're walking out for, like, a sport whatever, or something. But, but like, sounds yeah, that's, like young that's still young for yeah. me. Like, I feel like 14 is, like, when boys, like, start that yeah. usually. Um, so that, that's intense workout routine. Twice a day, beaten if he couldn't finish it in an hour, and then having to start over. Um, so this is, they filed this petition to terminate his rights. At this point, his father was given, like, a no-contact order. Uh, Mark Magidson, Magidson, who was their attorney, now switches to representing only Monique, and Charlie the Fourth gets his own attorney, so they have their own representation he hires a Stephanie Carson. Magidson said that he was being stonewalled while trying to get evidence from investigators. In August, so the next month, Charlie and Monique are granted weekend visitation with the younger siblings who had been removed from the house. Now, in spite of this revelation, they were not charged with anything until February 20th of 2015. So it's like, I don't know, the whole thing feels like all the energy drains out of this case. Like, he's missing for 11 days, which is huge. Then he shows up in his dad's basement, which is also huge in, like, what the fucky. Then, a couple weeks later, they reveal this abuse that he's been enduring. And then nothing until February. <clears throat> so, Bailey. Maybe because his initial 11 days, they're focused solely on finding him. Yeah. Now that they have him, they're focused on like collecting evidence to like yeah. have like a rock I, solid. Yeah, I was case. gonna say it seems like, I mean, I kind of get it because like the stakes were high during those eleven days because they didn't know where he was, 
if he was alive or dead, if he was like being, if he had been kidnapped, if he was being tortured. So they were all kind of like, we got to find him. And then once they did, they were like, all right, found him. Let's figure out what happened and yeah, get evidence and stuff. And they also like had to, because like CPS like stuff takes a while. I mean, yeah. they also they pulled the other two ki- girls out of that house. Like that takes a while too. But yeah, so February twentieth, twenty fifteen, the two of them are charged with torture, which is those days that he was missing. Um, second degree child abuse, which is a felony and felonious carrying of a firearm. If convicted, they would be given life sentences for the torture charges. The prosecutors, the prosecutor's office released a statement, which said in part, it is alleged that the parents systematically physically abused the child, forced him to live in the basement and not socialize with others, intentionally deprived him of food and forced him to engage in an extreme and unreasonable exercise regime. So then we have our preliminary hearing to determine if the case will go to trial. And we get Charlie the Fifth's testimony. So he said um, the first time his father beat him with the PVC pipe was when he had run away in 2011. When the police found him and brought him home, his dad made him lie across the dining room table and beat him with the pipe until his skin split. After that, most of the beatings he endured were with that same pipe. He would be hit in his head, his side, his butt, his feet, and his chest. Occasionally, the skin on his backside would split open during a beating. He was only allowed outside the house to accompany Monique to the store or to take um, the younger sibling to... I wrote school in here, but I'm thinking like daycare. I tell my kids that they're going to school. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Um, One specific incident he mentioned is when his father drove the piece of PVC directly into his chest and twisted it. It got, he says that the abuse got so bad that in May of 2013, he tried to take his own life. You may be asking Where's yourself. Where's his mom? You may be asking yourself, why did nobody notice what was going on? Um, why didn't the school report that he's not going to school if he's not allowed to leave the house? Well, um, when he was sent to live with his dad in November of 2011, he was in fifth grade. After a month, his dad switched him to homeschooling, pulled him out of school, started homeschooling him. So nobody at school was looking for him. Um, His dad used uh, one English textbook and two science textbooks to teach him for the next two and a half years, all elementary textbooks. When he goes back to public school in September 2014, so after the missing incident, he was behind because he had not gotten a good education while home. Um. He did see his mom here and there. I said in the beginning he would spend some weekends and weeks with her. He said that he never told her because he didn't think that she would believe him because of the trouble that he was in before. <clears throat> um, also, when Monique said before, like she would punch him and choke him and say she would make him disappear, that was because he was homeschooled. She said nobody would notice if he went missing. So, what happened that night? What happened when he was missing? He says that his stepmother thought he was lying to her about completing his workout and she ordered him to the basement, took him down there. Uh, He took a blanket with him and that was it. He said he heard Monique call his father and say that he was missing after she made him go to the hiding spot. This was a little bit confusing to me because I, I think his dad was home, but he said he heard her call him. 
Um, anyway, he heard her call his dad and say that he was missing after she made him go in there. She told him, shut up, stay quiet, and don't say anything no matter what you hear. They would give him protein shakes and dry cereal. And when he could hear that the house was empty, he would occasionally sneak up into the house to grab some food and drink that he figured they wouldn't notice was missing. And he said that he stayed because he was afraid of what would happen if he was found. He didn't think anybody would believe his word over his stepmother's. He stayed particularly quiet when he heard the police searching the basement because he figured he would be in more trouble if he was found. However, when he was found, he was happy it was over and relieved that people believed him. A physician from the Children's Hospital of Michigan testified that Charlie had indeed experienced physical abuse. He was skinny. He had scarring along with other signs. So the cross-examination from the defense attorney, their main point that they were trying to drive home was, why didn't you leave? Um, he had, he was able to get in and out of the house. He had access to the bathroom. Um, the door leading outside of the basement was unlocked that week for some reason. He could have come and gone as he pleased. So they kept kind of driving home. Why didn't you just leave if you were being held captive, but not physically held there? And he just kept saying he didn't think people would believe him. He thought it would be worse if he left. They brought up the behavioral issues. He's also 12 and doesn't have anywhere to go. No. I have a question. Yes. So is he saying that, like, his dad genuinely didn't know where he was? And this was all stepmom? Well, his testimony is confusing because at first it sounds like that. Like, stepmom put him down there and dad didn't know. But then later he said that they would both bring him food. Yeah. And protein shakes. Mm -hmm. That's why I was confused. I was like, so then did... What's happened? Like, what? Yes. It was... Even trying to write it out in a way that made sense was confusing. Um, The defense attorneys also brought up the behavioral issues that had caused him to be sent to live with his father in the first place. They brought up the fact that he had run away before. Um, As far as that insane exercise routine goes, they brought up some medical records and stuff. Pointed out that Charlie had been overweight when he was younger and that he, his parents, and his doctor had wanted him to lose weight, and they were kind of like, didn't you want to lose weight? Wasn't your dad just helping you lose weight? He's 12. Not, he hasn't gone like through that. puberty yet. Yeah. Um, they asked, why didn't you tell your mom about the abuse when you had access to your mom who didn't even live far away? And he said he didn't think that she would believe him. Um, there was a neighbor that the defense attorneys found who said that they had seen Charlie outside playing basketball a couple times during the days when he was missing. Defense attorney's point kind of was that Charlie... Hmm? During the 11 days that he was missing, did they say, hey, I saw him outside yesterday? That also confusing. Apparently never said anything while he was missing, but then, like, at the preliminary hearing, they were like, I have something to tell you guys. (laughs) Guess what? I have something to get off my chest. Yeah. Um, Remember how you thought he was missing? Guess what he was doing. Defense attorney said Charlie made up the abuse because his father's house was strict and he wanted to go back to living with his mom. And that that whole missing thing those days, he was just doing his own thing. He was out running the streets. He would come home and just sleep in the basement, get food when he wanted, but that there was no, like, holding him there. Drew. Um. Flimsy. Did you say, did, like, anybody examine him for signs of abuse? Yes, uh, they had a physician from the children's hospital who testified he had indeed experienced abuse. 
Okay, so then, like, how can they argue that he's making it up? I don't know. Because he's 12 did. and he can make up stories. Yeah, because I think they didn't have any other argument against, like, for the abuse. They were just like, no. Um, Charlie the Fourth and Monique both denied abusing Charlie, although at one point he admitted to using the pipe on him, so I don't really understand his denial either. Or if he's just abuse. like, it wasn't that bad. I didn't hit him that hard. Yeah, he was probably arguing it was like punishment, not abuse. So, as a result of the preliminary hearing, the judge kept the child abuse charges, ordered them to stand trial for the child abuse based on testimony and pictures of his body, but she tossed the torture charges. Simply put, she did not believe his story about when he was missing. She didn't think his reasons for not making himself known when the police were searching the basement were very... um, she didn't believe his reasons. Um, and she said she felt that Charlie, quote, did it out of his own free will, playing a game of hide and seek with horrendous results. So she tossed the torture charges. She thinks that that whole situation was something that got out of hand, but was not him being held against his will, but kept the second degree child abuse charges, which is a felony. So in January 2016, Charlie the Fourth is given a plea deal. He pled guilty to fourth degree misdemeanor child misdemeanor child abuse. Mr. Mr. Miser. Um, misdemeanor child abuse. The felony counts were dismissed. He is sentenced to 18 months probation, anger management classes, and the order banning him from seeing Charlie was continued. He had to pay court fees and restitution. So, no jail time. Um, 18 months probation, anger management, essentially. In February 2017, Charlie the Fourth sued somebody. Do you want to guess who he sued? Um, I do. One Hold guess. on. Ex-wife? Or nope. uh, Charlie Fifth's mom? Nope. The city. Bailey. Nope. He sues Nancy Grace. His son. Ha, <laughs> uh, Nancy. Now, Nancy Grace had talked about the case a couple more times after it happened. Like, she had three more telecasts that discussed it, because that's what she did. She would talk about ongoing. Is Nancy Grace still in the air? Who knows? I keep thinking it's over, so I'm like, if she is, that's what she does. She talks about ongoing cases. Um, And when she was asked in an interview, she actually said that she believed him. She thought his reaction was weird, and she thought it was weird that he didn't ask if Charlie was alive, but she still thought it was a believable reaction. However, he sued her essentially for defamation. He said that there were several statements that were made on the three telecasts that she did that were... Hold on, I worded that weird. I found, like, the actual complaint, the whole thing that went through. There were several statements in the complaint that she had made on her telecast, like specific things she said. Things like, there were marks on Charlie's body that correspond to the PVC pipe his father used to beat him with, and that Charlie was not given enough food. She filed a motion to dismiss, and that was granted, because all of the stuff that she said, that he was like, that's defamation, was stuff that was either proven true, or is what the media was reporting on at that time. So there was no deliberate lying. There was no misleading anybody. I just thought that was interesting. You may be wondering how things turned out for stepmom, Monique Dillard-Bothell. 
I can't tell you. Nobody fucking knows. Her name hmm. no longer appears in the court records. If you search her name in Michigan's online court records, there's nothing there. Um, even defendants who are found not guilty of things or if their cases are dismissed, they typically still appear in the court records. There are past press releases that name her. She was definitely charged with child abuse. Bailey? Can you calm down? I just really think it's weird right now. I, I agree, it, but like, it's getting past, better Nobody knows. Um, when the prosecutor's office announced via press release that the case against Charlie Bothell IV had concluded, they did not mention her at all. And when asked about it, the spokesperson said, no comment. And another attorney involved who was asked said it was illegal for him to discuss it. So one newspaper, one article that I read, they talked to a lawyer who wasn't involved, just like a, hey, what do you think? Named Randall Levine. He said it's unusual, but not unheard of to have a plea deal that wipes your record. But typically those offers have to be made publicly. Like they do it in court where the reporters are and stuff. You know, I'm taking this plea. And if you do this for six months, your record is wiped. The deal seems to have been made behind closed doors and never discussed in the public courtroom. So nobody knows what her deal was. We just know that all of a sudden her name isn't in any of the records about the case. Witness um, protection. She saw some shit that Charlie the Fifth was into out in those basketball courts. And they said, we Why gotta we get her, her out of this. Um, kind of a side note, I think that Charlie the Fourth died in June because I found an obituary for a Charlie Bothell IV from Michigan in June, and I don't know how many of those there are. Did Bailey lose power? Yes. No, Pat's going to bed. It's bedtime. This thing is it's running bedtime. so fucking late. That's I, because I, we lost internet halfway through. Yeah, I'm pretty much we done. we started late. The only other things that I have written down is I just wanted to note that there are some TikToks going on about this, making wild claims about this case you can find tiktoks talking about how charlie was in a cage that he was behind a hidden door that was behind a shelf and it was padlocked from the outside that um there was something else really crazy that he had was given a bucket to go to the bathroom in all kinds of crazy stuff that i swear to god they're just making up off the top of their heads because I found the records from the preliminary hearing. I read every single news article that I could find about it, which was a fucking lot. And I watched like TV, like news clips and stuff. And none of the like really insane things that have people enraged about it in the comment section on TikTok are mentioned anywhere. Hmm. So maybe it popped back up recently because of the recent death. Maybe. Where I'm at, I 100% believe that he was being abused by his dad and his stepmom. I can't decide if I think he was actually being held in the basement in a way that, like, I don't know if I believe his story. And I feel kind of shitty for not really believing him, but I also have some issues with it. I don't understand how the police couldn't have found him. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Is, I don't think he so, was in the basement for the entire he couldn't have been in there days. for the whole time. So that could mean a couple things. It could mean that he was coming and going as he wanted, and he just wasn't there because he had left when they were there. It could mean that dad and stepmom moved him. I did read one person's theory that what they were planning to do is wait until all the interest in finding him had died down, like he was missing for a while, and then kill him. Maybe. 
Why? I don't know. There's but also, even- in my the other thing that I'm kind of like hung up on is why did they report him missing in the first place? He and wasn't in school. Yeah, he wasn't in school. So like, it's not like we needed to because some if the school reported him missing and yeah. we hadn't, that would have been and very they, suspicious. They, they could have gone at least several days, at least several yeah. days with nobody noticing he was gone. They reported him missing and that like. Night. If, like, with that time, they could have, if they wanted to, like, for sure, like, kill him, they could have done it. They could have done it. They could have also not reported it before... for weeks and said that he was yeah. with his mom and mm-hmm. made it seem like they, like, dropped him off at his mom's and then, like, he ran away in transit or well, something. Like, they could have killed him and completely gotten rid of his body, done whatever, and waited days after that and then reported him missing. And yeah, I just I don't. And then, but then I'm back and forth because I'm like, he was he was abused. There, there's evidence that he was abused. I believe that he was abused. I don't think that you, if you're not abusing your kid, you bloody a PVC pipe because of how hard you hit them. Um, the doctor said that he was abused. So I, then I'm also like, well, he could have been so terrified that he genuinely was like, I can't come out. She'll kill me. He'll kill me. You know, they said that they make me disappear. Nobody will believe me. So I, I been back and forth the whole time I've been learning about this. I, yeah, I see what you're saying, but the dogs. So I think that he, I think he was in an, an initial runaway and that's why they reported him missing so quickly and why the police dogs didn't find him. Um, Maybe he hid when he came back because he saw what a fuss was being made and he thought that if he just kind of showed up he would get in trouble or he would get beaten severely for causing such a fuss mm-hmm. and that's why he hid but I like think, yeah i think that she may have even ordered him down there that night she might have been like dragged him down to the basement shoved him in there was like stay in there don't come out and then he ran off mm-hmm. from there but then i don't think that they later. were keeping him I don't think they were keeping him in the basement for 11 days. I also don't really think that they knew where he was for the entire 11 days. Because I just, like, why would you report him missing? Yeah. But I think that, I, I like what you said about the basement, though, because, like, if they, if that was where they put him, that would explain why dad was acting like that on the TV, that they found him in the basement he was like, shit. His reaction was That's weird. That's where we left felt him. very like, how do I react? Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't decide. And I feel like the whole thing has a very anticlimactic ending. Yeah. Dad gets 18 months parole for, or probation for beating his kid. Monique, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing happens to her. She knew some shit and she's in witness protection now it's all huh like if she was in witness protection wouldn't you think like dad would have a worse sentence because i didn't say she knew some shit about dad okay she could have knew know something else. yeah something yeah. about something that was going down the street um i tried to and... find out like how was charlie today kind of thing 
couldn't find anything, which is, I think is probably for the best that he's under the radar somewhere. But that's how I found out that the dad, I'm pretty sure died. He's like 23 now, right? Yeah. He was 12 and that was what? Nine years. 14. Oh, then he's not 23. 21. But, But, um, that's, that's the case. That's the, I think that she, uh, what is it? Turn state states evidence. Yeah. Is that what you call it? I don't know. She had some, she had some evidence. They gave her a deal to get off of whatever the charges were. And now she's in witness protection. Living in, I don't know, Utah, maybe? Utah, Utah. That was right. Put her in Kansas. Seems random. Maybe she's listening and I'm, she's like, oh my god. No, I think the government might be listening and they're going to call and be like, oh, how'd you know? We're just guessing, guys. This is Emma? just fun. I don't know what Drew knows. So much. That's it. That's all, all I'm talking to you guys about, about Charlie Bothell and Charlie Bothell. It's a weird case. It's a weird case. It was different than what I thought it was going to be. All I knew going in was that this kid was missing for a while and then was found alive in his dad's basement. And everybody was like, what the fuck? And I was like, this is probably going to be super interesting. And it was, but it's also, I'm kind of infuriated. And Nancy was that was with fun. the eyes. Yeah, I did enjoy that. I think that's a crazy live television moment that I'm surprised we don't know more about. That's called gotcha journalism. It's my favorite kind. But also, like, even if he didn't have anything to do with his son's, like, disappearance, like, that's an awful way to figure out. Like, they Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised that, like, the police didn't contact him first. Yeah. Well, he said his phone because... was because... Still, though, if, 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 if you found a kid that's been missing for over a week in the basement, you would go find the owner of the basement. To find out, like, why was that kid in the basement? (laughs) Yeah. I And I would, like, think that you would do that before, like, putting it out in the media that, like, we found him! Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of letting Nancy Grace find out, maybe tell the parents. (laughs) Even, Even if he wasn't guilty, still, it's like one of those things where, um, Didn't, uh, I think for Black Dahlia, a journalist called the mom who was living mm-hmm. in Boston oh, yeah. and was like, she oh, won an award, she won a contest and flew her out and then told her in person that she was murdered and wanted to get like her input. Yeah. I feel like that happened with another case too. Yeah, I think it happens a lot where journalists find out and then tell families. Yeah. That's why I think recently they've been, well, not maybe not recently, but like they hold the the names of victims from the media until they can tell the family. Yeah, I think that's the right choice. No, I 100% agree and I support it. Yeah. Well, that was sinister. We were, we were sarcastic. I said it first. And we I don't know where we do the end in. <laughs> Beginning, I've got it. How about you end it, Lacey? We do it alphabetical. 
Well, that was sinister. Wait. You were sarcastic. <laughs> we hope you keep listening. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nailed it. Alphabetical. <laughs>